0: Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit FBCPanamaCity.com. Now, here's today's message. First Thessalonians chapter number one is where we're going to be this morning. And we're going to start our new series um, in the book of First Thessalonians. And I'm excited about that. I'm always excited to go through a book of the Bible. Uh, because whenever you preach the word, there is power in the word. And um, uh, there's not a lot that I can uh, say up here, but through the word of God, he can speak to our hearts, the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I'm thankful for the word of God that we have today. But we're going to be in First Thessalonians, and we're going to look at chapter number one and verse number one. And the Bible says this, Paul in Silvanus knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. This morning, I want to preach on the subject and talk about Paul's greetings to this church in Thessala- Thessalonica. Uh, but what I want us to and what I've entitled this series um, that we will go through here in the next few weeks is Faith, Love, and Hope. Faith, Love, and Hope as we look at this, this church here in Thessalonica. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for you. God, we're thankful for the blood because truly there is no remission for our sin without it. God, we're thankful today that you went through all of that. And Father, that you gave your life for us. But Father, you didn't stay in the grave. Praise God, three days later, or on the third day, Father, you rose again. We're thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning because with it, we have life. Lord, we just pray that you would be with us as we get into your word, as we study the book of 1 Thessalonians, that you would, uh, Lord, just show us what you would have for us. God, as we look at this model church here, Lord, a church that had a wonderful testimony, an example for the modern church today. God, help us and speak to us. Father, I pray that we've all come in this morning with open and receptive hearts, ready to receive the word of God with all readiness of mind. Now, Father, if we didn't come in with that attitude and with that spirit, then, God, that you would give us that spirit this morning. God, speak to our hearts. I need you. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and you'd give me the strength and, Lord, just the compassion to preach your word this morning. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for what you'll do. And it's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to kind of give you just a short background of of where we are here in the book of 1 Thessalonians and uh, where we, we see Paul and the life of Paul. Uh, but we find that in the book of Acts, chapter number 16, Paul has this vision from God. We refer to it as, as the Macedonian call. And in this Macedonian call, this man appears in this vision from God to Paul, and he says, come to Macedonia and help us. In essence, that's the, the vision, that's the vision, the Macedonian call there. And so Paul answers the call and he goes first of all initially to Philippi. Now we understand that we we know what happens when he was in Philippi. Uh, he was arrested and they were thrown into prison, him and Silas. and And we know that one night he began to sing, him and Silas began to sing praises and 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 worship God and pray. And we know that this the earthquake comes and all the prison doors are are opened and he flees. And, and the prison the Philippian jailer comes to his feet and says, What must I do to be saved? and They have the opportunity to lead him to Christ. Well, because Paul was uh, being persecuted and being thrown into prison, he had to move on from Philippi, and he comes next to Thessalonica. Now, in those days, Thessalonica was a prominent seaport. It was really the capital city of the Roman province of Macedonia. It was located on a, a main road from Rome to the east. And Thessalonica, because of its location, um, it enabled the city to become very prosperous. It was a wealthy, wealthy city. Um, It also brought a lot of people to that city. And it's estimated that it had a population around 200,000 people living in that city. But there was also in that city a prominent Jewish population, as well as many Greeks. And Thessalonica was a, a ripe place. For the gospel, in Acts chapter number seventeen, it says that some, while Paul was there speaking, that some Jews and a multitude of Gentiles trusted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was ripe for the gospel, but that didn't prevent opposition to come to that church. And in Acts chapter number seventeen, the Jewish legalist drove Paul out from Thessalonica. It was a very short-lived time that he was there and helping established the church there in Thessalonica, but in this letter that Paul writes, he speaks a lot of, these, of this church's faith. He speaks of their faith among tribulation and among persecution. Not only that, he speaks of their love in community one toward another and to that community there in Thessalonica, and then also he speaks of their hope that they had in Christ. Paul then begins, he finally gets to Corinth, and that's where he writes this letter to the church. So hopefully that gets you kind of caught up to where we are here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We see that the church in Thessalonica stands as a testimony and a challenge for us, the modern church. And as we begin our study, I want us to first of all look and examine at Paul's greetings to the church here in Thessalonica. First of all, I want us to see Paul speaks of their relationships. In this greeting to the Thessalonica, to the Thessalonians, he speaks of their relationships. Look at verse number one. He says, Paul and Savanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians. Now, this letter we understand was written by Paul. He's the one that authored this letter, but he also sends greetings from Silas and from Timothy. Now, the church knew who these men were. They knew Silas. They knew Timothy because they had a huge part in establishing this church here in Thessalonica. And and so Paul was thankful for their support, and he was thankful for their fellowship, and he knew that the church would be as well. You know, there's something special about those that we have the opportunity to serve Jesus with. There's something special about it. I, I had a wonderful time yesterday as we set up for vacation Bible school, just joking around, having fun, fellowshipping as we were serving Jesus, getting things ready for vacation Bible school. It's a blast. Let me say this. If you're not having fun at church, it's probably because you're not serving at church. If you're not having, if you don't have relationships at Fellowship Baptist Church, it's probably because you're not serving alongside people here at Fellowship Baptist Church. There's something special about serving with others. listen, particularly in times of adversity, When we serve along with others in times of adversity, it creates a special bond. You know, I have a special, I I am, I have a special bond with many people here at Fellowship Baptist Church because of what we've gone through. A special bond, a bond that is hard to be broken because of the adversity that we have been through together here at Fellowship. We ought to rejoice for our brothers and sisters in the faith. We ought to thank the Lord for them. You know, it'd be a very lonely and difficult task without those whom the Lord has placed alongside of us to serve him. I couldn't do it. I would feel alone if I didn't have others to serve along with. It would be a difficult task. And, and Paul is reminding them here of their relationships, not only his relationships with these others, men, these other men, but their relationship with the church. He goes on to say, and Sylvanus and T- Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians. Now, Paul was certainly thankful for Silas. He was thankful for Timothy, but he was also thankful for the beloved. He was thankful for the church because without them, there would be no ministry. Without them, there'd be no labor for them to work together in. And so in this greeting Paul reminds them of the nature of their relationship with him and also with God. Paul speaks of the position that they hold. It's a very simple statement that Paul makes here, but it's very profound. He he speaks of their physical location as well as their spiritual location. He says unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all he reminds them of where they are. He says I'm writing to the church to or of the Thessalonians. What was he reminding them of? He was reminding of their their relationship with those in Thessalonica. They were the church. They were those who who were called out of God to minister to the people of Thessalonica. They were the church to the Thessalonians. They were obligated. They had opportunities that was associated with Thessalonica. But next, he reminds them of who they are. They're set apart. They are a church in God, a church in the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that they were set apart. They were servants of the living God. And this reminds them of their obligation to serve the Lord in that church. And it also reminded them of the great power and the potential that they possessed in him. And let me say this, church. Today, this morning, we need to be reminded of our physical and our spiritual location. You understand this morning that we are the church, Fellowship Baptist Church of Panama City, Florida. We have an obligation. We have a a opportunity to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You today are the church of of the the Panama Cityans okay? That's who you are. Be reminded of of your location. God has placed you here at Fellowship Baptist Church to reach those within our community. He has placed us here in Panama City, Florida, for us to reach those in our community. But not only that, he also says that we are in Christ. Let me remind you this morning that you are in Christ. That's your position. And we, as we, as we study the book of Colossians, we know that in Christ, we are what, church? Complete. We are complete in him. We are citizens of heaven. That's your role. That's your relationship. That, that is your position. Take it serious. Take it serious that you are in Christ, that you are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then also we see that Paul offers a a prayer of blessing for grace and peace unto them. He says, he says, "Unto the church, grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he desired the Lord's grace in their lives. Do you desire the grace of God in, in, in each other's lives here at Fellowship Baptist Church? He desired the grace of God in their lives. What is the grace of God? It deals with God's unmerited favor. It deals with the extension of his holy influence upon their lives. But he also desired peace for them. He desired for them to have peace. This was essential considering the opposition that this church faced. They needed the peace of God. Paul wanted them to enjoy harmony and security and an, an absolute assurance of their faith. Understand that grace and peace are essential if we are to lead productive spiritual lives today. You understand we will accomplish little for the Lord Jesus Christ if we lack his grace and peace. God's grace, you know what it does? It sustains us. God's grace is sufficient for us. And his peace, it secures us. You know, church, we we need the, the grace of God and the peace of God in our lives. Because I see often today in our world today, we get too concerned with what's going on around us. And yes, we, ha- we need to be concerned about it. And we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for the world, this, this world that we live in. But understand that, that we, need- we need the grace of God and we need the peace of God in our hearts. Because if we don't, if we're not careful, we'll get bogged down with those things that are going on around us. We'll get discouraged. You see, if they were to enjoy real grace and peace, they needed to be assured of where it came from. They needed to be reminded that they belong to the Lord and that he would provide. They say here, he says here that grace be unto you and peace. Where does it come from? From God, our father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're aware today, I believe that we're aware that Christ stands as our mediator. Aren't you thankful for that? I think we're aware today that he stands as our Intercessor. We know that he has the ability to provide for our needs, but sometimes we just need to be reminded, church, that we belong to him. We belong to him. You see, the saved have been placed within the family of God, and we are under his care this morning. Don't be worried about what's going to happen to you because you are under his care. So Paul reminds them, he He speaks of their relationships. Be thankful for your relationships as a Christian, your relationships with one another here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Be thankful for your relationship with Jesus Christ. But then he also, we find here in this greeting, he encourages them through prayer. Look at verse number two. He says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. You know what verse number two shows me? It shows me that Paul had no clicks. Amen? Paul had no clicks. He says, we make mention of you all. all, we, we, We give thanks to God always for you all. I'm sure there were people in Thessalonica who didn't like Paul within the church. Maybe they didn't like how he did things. But he says, I'm still thankful for you all. We find here, Paul encourages them with the fact that he is praying for them. Isn't it encouraging when a brother or sister in Christ, they, they send you a text or they call you or they send you a letter or they tell you in person, Hey, I'm praying for you. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. I got a, I got a text on, I get messages on my watch right before I went up to preach someone in, within our church text. I'm praying for you, pastor. That means a lot. We need prayer. We need prayer. Paul reveals that he gives thanks unto God for them. He's he's actually praying for the believers at Thessalonica and the work that they are engaged in. They were the focus. They were the heart of his prayer. He knew that they needed the help of God and he sought God on their behalf. Wouldn't you agree that we need to be reminded of this urgent need of prayer? Surely you'd agree that, that we all need God's help and we need to seek his help as we serve him, we ought to make an effort to pray more earnestly for the church and each one who makes it up. We need to pray for one another. Maybe we ought to pray less about our own desires and more for the church as a whole. We ought to thank the Lord for those with whom we serve. Listen, when's the last time you stopped and you prayed and you thanked God for those you have the opportunity to serve with? When is the last time? When's the last time you thank God for those who who you serve with? He says, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Paul literally made mention of them when he prayed. You understand this wasn't just a, a generic casual prayer. It was a genuine plea for specific needs in the lives of individuals. He knew them personally He knew that they had struggles and that they needed help. You know, we can't can't be aware of every need here at Fellowship Baptist Church. You can't be. You can't be aware of every need that everyone within our church has. But I know that we could do a better job about praying for specific needs. It's one of the things I love about Wednesday nights. We can come together and we have a sheet that's handed out of specific needs that we have for one another. Are you praying for those brothers and sisters in Christ that you serve with? Are you praying for their specific needs? You see, when someone within the church asks for prayer, you know, they genuinely desire for you to make mention of them when you talk to God. It's easy for us to say, oh, I'll pray for you. But Paul said, hey, I make mention of you when I go to God. He meant business. It meant something to him. He encouraged them in that he was praying. But there's also a little word that he says here and he states, and if we're not careful, we'll miss it. But he says, always, always. I looked that up in the Greek and you know what the meaning is? Always. At all times. Listen, Paul wasn't occasionally thankful for them. Paul always prayed for them. He literally mentioned them every time. He prayed, and I think if we were to be honest this morning, many of us do not always pray, much less make mention of others each time we do pray. You know, prayer is the most effective and powerful tool that a Christian has. It's the most effective and powerful tool. But the sad thing is today, and I fear that it is often the least used tool of a believer. Church, let us develop a sense of urgency, a sense of commitment to pray. And when we pray, make it a priority to mention the needs of others. Let us make prayer a part of our everyday lives. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Church, let it be said of Fellowship Baptist Church that we are a church church if anything else, a church of prayer. You know, we make time what's, for what's important to us. We make, enti- we make time for those things. Is prayer important to you? It was important to Paul. He prayed for those believers. He said, always. But then lastly, in his greeting, we see that Paul then commends their Christian living. Let me just say this, I don't think it's a coincidence that verse 2 comes before verse number 3. Because of Paul's prayer, this is that church, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God and our Father. I don't I don't believe that's coincidence because of Paul's prayer, this church was doing things for God. Amen. Why? Because, not because of Paul, because of the power that is found in prayer. Church, if you can't go to all the activities of the church, and you can't go out to outreach, and you can't do those things, there's one thing you can do, and that is to ask God for his power upon this place. Amen? Prayer. Prayer. He says, I want to remind you of of your labor, your love, your hope. Paul speaks of their unfailing work of faith. This deals with their consistent labor for their faith in Christ. They had embraced Jesus Christ as Messiah and they were unshaken in their commitment to him and to those who needed to trust Christ as their savior as well. You see the enemy, they continued to bring about opposition, but the church refused to abandon the work of faith. As I studied these, these verses, I wondered if the same thing could be said of Fellowship Baptist Church? If someone who knew fellowship would take the time to ponder what they remembered of us, what would they have to say? Could it be said that that we too were committed to the work of faith? Could it be said that Jesus and his work are the main priority here at Fellowship Baptist Church? Could it be said that we were determined to reach the world by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we a church that is continuing in the work of faith? This church in Thessalonica, Paul says, I want to remind you. And I, and when I pray for you, I'm thankful that you are continuing in the work of faith. Paul also remembered their labor of love. That's kind of an interesting phrase, isn't it? Labor of love. We don't often think of, of love as being burdensome or, or being laborious. but but there are certain occasions where it is. And the church at Thessalonica, they didn't waver by the opposition of others. They determined to love them unconditionally. You see, this church's love was not based solely upon what they received. They extended love when it wasn't earned, when it wasn't deserved, when it wasn't returned. You see, that's how God loves us. Amen? That's how God loves us. We don't deserve his love. We don't always return his love. We don't, we don't deserve it. We don't earn his love, but he continues to love us. You understand, church? I, I've just seen this too often with with Christians here recently and late lately. Our, our country's divided, isn't it? I'd, I'd say our country is divided. But often what we as Christians, we, we We look at the Democrats. We look at those that we don't agree with and we just don't have love for them. You know, sometimes it takes a labor of love. It's easy for us to dislike them. It's easy for us to to stick our noses up at them and, and, and walk right by them. But understand we are to love like Jesus loved. This church was being persecuted. This church faced opposition but they still continued to love the people of Thessalonica. They continued to labor in love toward those individuals. Sure, they didn't like being persecuted. Sure, they didn't like being thrown into prison for for no reason at all, but preaching the gospel, but they continued to love. He also remembered their patience of hope. See, the hope that Paul spoke of was that blessed hope that all of us in here today have the hope of eternal life, the hope of the return of Jesus Christ. They were not inconsistent with that hope. The Bible says that they were patient in hope. It means that they were stead, they, they lived steadfast with hope, they endured with hope, they persevered with hope. Even in the face of adversity and the continual presence of false doctrine and the continual presence of temptation, they remained steadfast in their faith. Why? Because they had hope in Jesus Christ. They had hope. You understand today that this is a world that we're just passing through. Amen. This is a world that we are just passing through. And yes, we're going to face temptation. And yes, as this world gets wicked, more wicked and more wicked. Yes, we're going to face maybe possible persecution. And yes, we're going to face sin in our everyday lives. But understand, we must continue and be patient with hope. That one day we'll see Jesus. That one day it will be worth it all. That one day we'll be in a place where there is no temptation. That we'll be in a place where there is no sin. To live patient with hope. Paul offers an encouragement. He says in verse number three, remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Paul offers an encouraging reminder once again that their hope is not in vain. He says that their faith, their love, and their hope are all settled in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are held, they are secured by the mighty hand of God. You see, storms would come and opposition would remain in their lives, but they were being led, they were being held and secured by their savior, Jesus Christ. And let me encourage you the same today, that we can have faith, we can have love, we can have hope. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus and he is in us. Then verse number four, he says, knowing brethren beloved, your election of God, Paul well understood the adversity that this church in Thessalonica faced. But he was not concerned about their demise, not at all. Paul knew that they would remain, even though they, they their persecution abounded in their life. You understand, this was not just an ordinary group of people, this was a group of beloved brethren. The Bible says, the elect of God. Now, I know that word election, it it makes a lot of Baptists nervous, (laughs) doesn't it? That word election, it makes a a lot of Baptists nervous, but it really shouldn't this morning because the word election, it means to choose. Now, we can carry that to extremes like some people have, but it simply means that God chose to save us and to save those who called on his name by his grace, amen? It means that he chose to provide a means of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. It means that he then draws us unto himself so that we might be saved. You see, Paul knew that God was able to save. Paul knew that God was able to secure. Fellowship, let me say this. I know this is just a greeting, just a greeting from Paul to the church but let it be a greeting to us as well, because we can endure. Even though adversity continues to come against us, even though we might face some opposition, our lives should not be dictated by our outward circumstances. Amen? Don't become a depressed Christian because of what you see going on around you. Your lives should not be dictated by your outward circumstances our lives should be dictated by our inward presence. And because we are in Christ and he is in us, we too can continue in the work of faith. I hope you agree with me this morning. Because we are in Christ and he is in us, no matter what goes on around us, we can continue in the work of faith. Because Christ is in us and and we are in him, we can continue uh, to labor in love. Because Christ is in us and we are in him, and we because of that, we can continue to endure with hope this morning. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been challenged by this, this greeting, this, this, this testimony of this Thessalonian church that we find here in Paul's greeting. Fellowship, let me let me ask this question. Do we resemble the church of Thessalonica? Do we resemble it? Because if we don't, we should. We need to be a church that continues to work, to work in the faith. We need to be a church that continues to labor in love. We need to be a church that endures the circumstances around us with hope, the hope that is only found in Jesus. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.